So we were at Wizard World Philadelphia in 2016. We interviewed a Puerto Rican artist, and I forgot his name, and he was so awesome. Um, he saw me in my comics for a shirt, smoking a cigarette outside, and came up to me. And we had a whole conversation about being Puerto Rican. He didn't know I was, but he didn't judge me once I told him. And he's like, oh, I probably sound, his accent was so thick. He was like, I probably sound like all your cousins and aunts and uncles. <laughs> I'm like, totally. And I said, you know, I'm like, I, ha I struggle a lot because I'm always trying to find how I can be more connected to my culture, how I can be more connected to the island, how I can be more connected to feeling Puerto Rican because that is a safe place for me to feel and a place where I've gotten nourishment from delving into, I guess. And he said something to me that was so profound that stayed with me forever. And I used to feel a lot like how you feel, Sam, and I still do a lot. But what he said to me really changed me. And he said, you are the culture. He's like, this is it now. Everything you do is the culture now. This is what we've become. At Comics First, we always get into discussions about who we are, where we come from, and three of us happen to be Puerto Rican, and I have always, 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 always wanted to have a Comics First culture cast. And I thought the perfect first episode of the Comics First culture cast should be a discussion about what it means for the three people who are sitting here now, uh, what it means to be Puerto Rican in 2018 and how Puerto Rican culture has evolved and changed over time. But yeah, you can find more podcasts like this one, videos, interviews, articles all over at comicsfirst.com and anime and manga too, since Sam from the managing editor from the Animanga section is here. Not the managing editor, you're not assistant the man editor. Oh, you're the assistant, <laughs> you're, you're like the assistant section head. Yeah. So Sam, the assistant section head of the Animanga section is here. Welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me. And it's your very first podcast. Sam, how do you feel about the discussion that we're going to have today? Honestly, a little nervous because I'm no pro Puerto Rico over here. I don't know much about it, sadly enough. <laughs> but you were saying that your your parents aren't from the island, but your grandparents. Yes, my grandparents, my dad's parents. Do you know where on the island that they're from? I don't know. And have you been there yet? Never. See, that's kind of exciting because it doesn't make you any less Puerto Rican, but I think it's Are good. you sure? Are you sure? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, what about, there's so many, I mean, there's Jewish people, Irish people, I mean, people of every ethnicity who mm -hmm. never get a chance to maybe go to yeah, the country, their, you know, motherland, fatherland or whatever. Mm -hmm. So hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll feel more Puerto Rican than you ever have and more authentically Puerto Rican. I'm enthralled. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, so I'm very also enthralled. Is that a word? <laughs> enthralled. Enthralled. <laughs> We're enthralled. Yes. We're both enthralled We're also very and smart enthralled. on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, but also, Maite, welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's actually fun to be here yeah, you're in New York City. Here. Yeah, it's my first time in New York City. So it's interesting coming to New York City and where we're living right now. So my dad grew up nine blocks away from here, and this was a major Puerto Rican area at the time. And this is your first time in New York? No, it is. And my dad actually grew up, uh, was born and raised for a bit in New York City. So it's nice to see where he came from, too. In the Lower East Side, right? Yeah, the Lower East Side. Um, so your parents are from Puerto Rico? My mom was born and raised in Puerto Rico. She went to college uh, in Mayaguez. She was born in Añasco, which is on the west side um, 
I was going to say by the coast, but the whole place is by the coast. It's an island. <laughs> um, my dad was uh, born and raised in New York for some time. And then he lived in Puerto Rico and that's where he met my mom. My older sister was born there. So I've got some deep ancestry in that island. <laughs> awesome. And when was the last time you were back there? I was there uh, for New Year's, my freshman year of college. So that was about 2014. Yeah. So it's been it's been four years. Yeah. Uh, wait, Sam just got an interesting text. <laughs> so my grandmother was born in Ponce. 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 Yeah. Ponce, yeah. And my grandfather was born in Vieques. Oh, uh, Vieques. 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 Okay. There you go. That answered that. We begin. So for me, I should say that uh, my mother is Italian, like second or third generation Italian from the Bronx. Uh, my dad grew up nine blocks away from where we are now. We're on 135th Street and Broadway. Uh, my dad grew up on 144th and Broadway. He is from the island of Puerto Rico. He moved here when he was really young. And there's a picture of him and his family from Puerto Rico right now that we're kind of all looking at, which is kind of cool. But I think... Already, like so many good points have come up in just the discussion we're having right now. So I wish you could see us raise our hands, but we can't raise our hands. So we'll say it like, who speaks Spanish? I don't speak Spanish fluently. Uh, I'm not fluent, but I speak a little bit of Spanish. Yes. Could you get by? I think so. Um, but I'm very self-conscious about my accent. Whenever I go to Puerto Rico, my family always makes fun of me. They're like, you sound so American. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I grew up in America, but yeah, I try. Every time I try to speak speak Spanish everybody that is Spanish looks at me and says your Spanish is so cute like <laughs> I'm a child or something <laughs> they go for me they go you speak Spanish funny I'm like, <laughs> how did I do that like, I didn't even mean to do that so for me my mom is Italian second or third generation Italian she's from the Bronx my dad grew up like I was telling Maite in this area 144th and Broadway we're on 135th and Broadway right now so it was nine blocks away it was kind of crazy for me to move here after being raised in Westchester County which is like a suburb that he moved to after being raised here. And he lived on the island of Puerto Rico until he was about six. And the last time I went there was 2004, and it was really the only time I went there. Um, I had an amazing, I don't want to say it was life-changing, but I had really had an amazing time there. And I got to see Utuado, where my grandmother was from. We saw Santorce, where my father was born, Barceloneta. Um, Il Moro? Yeah, El Moro in San Juan. Yeah. San Juan. yeah. My grandfather, that guy, is buried there. Um, that so, is really cool. Yeah, maybe we'll include some pictures on this podcast. So for you guys listening, you can look at the pictures uh, below. But how important is it that we do or don't speak Spanish? Does that make us any more or less Puerto Rican? From every Puerto Rican I've spoken to, it means you're Puerto Rican to speak Spanish. The fact that I don't, like everybody is surprised and like, like, like what's wrong with you? Like that's what they ask. They ask like, why or how come or you why not learn now but you know obviously it's easier when you're younger I don't think it makes me less Puerto Rican because I grew up with the culture the food you know and my parents still spoke to me in Spanish I'm you know even though I'm not fluent I still am familiar with it but again I think you know my family who does live there and people who do live there they think that it's strange that I grew up without that foundation of Spanish because there is a distinction between, you know, I think the Puerto Ricans in America and the Puerto Ricans in Puerto Rico. And I kind of grew up with that sort of tension there. But in my opinion, I don't think it does. I think there are other aspects to the culture than just the language, even though I know there is a pride in the Spanish language. So I think it's kind of relative. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that it makes us less Puerto Rican, but I've had a lot of experiences like Sam had. And I wonder if, like Sam, if you look traditionally what people will consider more Puerto Rican, if you get that more than I might. Because when I people have not believed me when I've told them I'm Puerto Rican, uh, which I thought was kind of offensive because it's always like, well, what does a Puerto Rican person look like? Yeah, I mean, I was saying earlier, my cousin, she is very fair skinned, has reddish hair. Um, she burns in the sun. Uh, you know, my, my dad and my older sister, they tan like beautifully, you know, and they're, they have very, very dark hair, dark eyes. So, um, I don't think there's one definition to being Puerto Rican, whether it's looks or language. And I think if there are people listening to this who want myths dispelled, like that's the first, that's the first myth we can dispel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was just showing a picture of my grandfather. He has blonde hair and blue eyes. And he's 100% Puerto Rican, and he never left the island. He died there. So, you know, we come in all shapes and sizes, and I think that that's, you know, kind of important to mm-hmm. to remember. Um, I do get that a lot, Sam, personally, because the first kind of question I'm asked by my extended family is, oh, do you speak Spanish if I haven't met them before? And then I say no. And they don't say anything bad, but there's a disappointment in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And then I feel yeah. that, too. Exactly. But I'm, I, I think it's important to, like, fight back from that because – does every Asian person speak Mandarin if they're from their families from China? All the Italian people in New York, do they all speak Italian? And I mean, most of the people I know do not. So I think that that's interesting. And I wonder, yeah, I, I feel, I don't know. I feel bad that you had that experience. Yeah. I mean, my parents purposely didn't teach us Spanish because they thought, well, if they were to grow up speaking Spanglish, then they would sound, you know, like ghetto or ratchet or something. My grandmother used to teach Spanish to me and my dad would say, no, 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 answer in mm-hmm. English. Yeah, my parents at least raised me to as in, for, to have English as my first language. But my mom would take me aside and te- teach me Spanish, but it was never really a priority. I think they just really wanted me to, I guess like Sam said, you know, just, I don't know, what, did, what exactly did you say? That was like perfect. It was like, yeah, don't speak Spanglish because that sounds ghetto. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> or just like, I mean, I think they just wanted me to, I don't know, like, become accustomed to the life that I was going to be living, you know, like uh, what, you know, they may have wanted me to learn Spanish and become fluent in Spanish, but I think they knew, you know, I'm going to be in North Carolina. I think you have to know English and, you know, we can worry about Spanish later, but right now, but despite that, I mean, like I said, I still grew up with the Puerto Rican culture. So I don't think it took away from like my identity. I wonder, and tell me if you agree with this, the people who leave the Island at first, they seem to be really interested in, making sure their children are connected to their heritage. And then it seems like the second generation, like my father, second and third generation, like my parents and maybe Sam's parents, and I I don't want to speak for yours because we haven't discussed it enough, were concerned with themselves fitting in. My dad told me a story about when he was like uh, 10 years old that my grandmother, when they first moved here, they were trying to get an apartment. And there were six of them living in a studio apartment, not much bigger than this right now, which you can imagine is so insane. And they would hang up on her the landlords when she would call and ask because her accent was so thick and she couldn't speak english so i think that that scared him into not wanting me to learn it and i think that it reminds me of kind of what you said and i wonder if the generations before us were very conscious of us assimilating into quote-unquote american culture which by the way is also puerto rican culture but we'll get into that later (laughs) no i agree with that i know when my sister was born nine to ten, nine, almost 10 years before I was. So um, I didn't get to witness a lot of things my parents experienced when they first moved to the States. But I know when my my mom 
when my parents and my family first moved to North Carolina, they experienced a lot of prejudice. You know, my mom had a thicker accent at the time because um, obviously Spanish was her first language. Um, she had her tires slashed, you know, people, you know, yeah, it was awful. Like people, you know, made fun of her accent or would tell her they couldn't understand her, which was like, you know, just obnoxious. And so um, I'm not sure how much of that influenced their decision to, you know, make sure that I spoke English and I, you know, assimilated with American culture. But um, I definitely think, that had an impact on the way they wanted to raise their kids in the States. Yeah. For me, um, my dad, I'm sure he really wanted to assimilate, but mostly he wanted to give his kids, you know, a better life. And I think the way he grew up, like he grew up jumping from the hood to, you know, different parts of the project. And I think the way he grew up, that lifestyle, like Puerto Rican culture and all that, that, goes hand in hand with poverty or low income. And, and also, you know, he married my mom and she's white. So there's that too, like blending into that side and just trying to, I guess, raise not a white family, but a family that has better chances. A more American family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has anyone here ever experienced anything negative based on the fact that they are Puerto Rican? any sort of like racism or uh, prejudice? Yeah, I mean, I know both my parents experienced prejudice back in the 90s um, when they first moved to North Carolina, my sister for sure. For me, I didn't get to, I didn't experience things of that severity, but I definitely um, was an outsider growing up. I went to a predominantly white school. At the time, I didn't really feel different. Um, but looking back, you can tell, you know, the way people perceive you is they don't perceive you as one of them. But I think my parents always made an effort uh, when I was growing up to make sure I celebrated my differences from other people rather than seeing them as something that isolated me um, from my like friends and you know people I surrounded myself with. Did you feel isolation growing up based on being Puerto Rican? Uh, not necessarily. I felt more isolation from my comic book interests, actually. <laughs> um, but you know, people, you would always get those questions like, where are you from? You know? And I remember mm-hmm. one girl told me I had a Puerto Rican accent like that. It was, it was so dumb. She was like, Oh, like you have an accent. I'm like, no, I don't. Like I grew up in North Carolina, you know? So people would just automatically put you under a category, you know? Um, so did I feel like an outsider? Not necessarily. I never really saw that as a reason to feel different, even though I notice them more now, just like, you know, the way people, like I said, the way people see you, but again, I never really, wanted that to make me different, I guess. What about you, Sam? Well, I mean, there's times where I've I've been the outsider, but, you know, like she said, like it's for a whole bunch of reasons. And growing up in elementary school, it was it was mixed. So I didn't really have much of a problem. Middle school, too. But then once I got to high school, it was predominantly Hispanic. So, yeah, the fact that it was predominantly Hispanic meant that People always questioned what I was and why couldn't I speak Spanish like the rest of them. And I was always, always called a fake Puerto Rican. Always. And they would sometimes they'll be like, oh, white girl, white girl, white girl. Like, but then once I got to college, I went to um, uh, Adelphi University in Long Island. And, you know, obviously almost everybody there is white. Then I got to deal with what are you? What are you? What are you? You're so like exotic. Like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. But it's like this weird kind of like sexualization of it too. Like I've dealt with that almost all my life, but it was more so when I'm around, you know, 
white people more of the time. Because it's like the whole exotic sex yeah. is attractive. Yeah, and thing. when we went to the convention too, I, I bought something at a booth. And the guy that I bought from, he was like, what are you? You're so exotic. His exact words. And I'm like... While you're at an anime convention of yes, all places. Yes, yeah. I can't escape it. I can't. <laughs> it's always funny when they ask that and they're like, where are you from? I'm always, I'm always like, Raleigh, North Carolina. And then they're like, no, but like, where are you actually from? I, I hate that so much. It's like, where are you from? New York. Where? Queens. Where? South Ozone Park. <laughs> it's just as if they've never met somebody who doesn't come from a different background. You know? Mm -hmm. And like, for me, like a lot of times it's... It, I don't know. Like there are some times where people ask that question in a way that doesn't feel so annoying, but sometimes it just feels like they're prying and just trying to be like, like this creature mm. that yeah. comes from a different place. Like what? You know, I feel like I would have so much more respect for people. And I do this myself when they're just like, what's your background? Cause they're exactly. curious and they want to yeah. know. And you know, and you want to celebrate their culture and they want to celebrate your culture. And I wish that people could do that more, but yeah. And they stop it at, Oh, that's cool. Not, Oh, that's sexy. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's so okay. I'm so sorry. That got so gross. <laughs> no, but I think also it's annoying because um, sometimes someone will say, oh, where are you from? And then, you know, eventually I'll be like, oh, like my parents are from Puerto Rico. And then they're like, oh, I know someone from like Greece, you know, or uh, my mom one time, she said that someone like asked her the question. She's like, I'm from Puerto Rico. And the person said, oh, I know someone from Nigeria. And it's just like people just group all like these differences into one pile and they're like, oh, OK, like you're part of that like unknown exotic background. It's, it's just annoying. Uh, Nigeria and Puerto Rico, uh, also for those who aren't sure, are quite far apart <laughs> in terms of distance yeah. <laughs> uh, and on two completely different continents separated by the Atlantic Ocean. Just throwing that out there. Wow. Okay, cool. So uh, for me, I, I had my experience was very much in between both of yours. I went to an all white school. One of the things that pops out in my head the most, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. And this guy who was kicking my ass like every day was like, he punched me in the face. And then he said, we were in the middle of class, by the way. So we had three of our desks like pushed together. And he goes, if all the white people went on this side of the room and all the black people went on that side of the room, you would have nowhere to go. And I was like, okay. Um, and then when I went home, I was like, I think that's racism. I was like, <laughs> I think, you know, I was only in eighth grade, but I'm like, I don't think that's okay. Mm. Um, but I guess it was just another form of like bullying from that or whatever. Um, but also, uh, it, you know, like Sam, I had, we were both New Yorkians, right? So there's kind of, um, I remember I Googled New Yorican on Wikipedia and a common trait of us is that we don't speak Spanish. Um, so I think that that's also important to consider. Another question I have is when we get stuff from the Puerto Rican community, like what Sam got, like what I've gotten, I'm sure like what you've gotten before that we're not authentic or that we're not part of the community. Is that a reverse kind of prejudice? And also how does that make you feel? I hate it. <laughs> Why? I would say, like I said before, like I don't really believe in reverse racism. But it is prejudice. Like it's n no doubt about it. The fact that people would, you know, just automatically push me aside because I'm not 100% them. Like it hurts. Yeah, it's definitely um, sad and irritating too. Because um, 
I've been to the island a few times in my lifetime and I'll go and I'll see the connection my mom has with it. And I mean, I do feel a connection with it. That's where my ancestors come from, but it's very different for her than it is for me. And it's hard because, you know, you try to define yourself and sometimes you don't feel particularly welcomed by, you know, people in Puerto Rico. And then here you're often identified by your difference. So you kind of don't really know what category you fall into and you'll try to merge those together, but people don't really accept that. So it is hard and it's hard to, you know, feel that rejection almost from what is a part of you. And even it's as though like you can't claim it just because I know for me, a lot of it was that my parents moved here into the States and that was a big problem, you know, that they left the Island. There's so much pride in the Island. And, um, even my aunt recently, she moved after the hurricane and she still faced a lot of negative reception because of that, because, you know, there's a sense of pride, but really my parents moved here, my aunt moved here to have a better life. And I don't think that makes them less of a Puerto Rican. So it is sad that, you know, there's a lot of rejection there. I wonder if you guys can both identify with this, but for me, it's like, I identify myself as Puerto Rican. And I always say this, that, you know, my mother is Italian and I don't want to say like, I'm not Italian. And I do feel, you know, we had Sunday Italian dinners and I spent more time with that family, but I never felt comfortable with them. Like I did in a room full of Puerto Rican people and or in a room full of my Puerto Rican family, which I was rarely with. Um, and it's no offense to them in particular. I did sort of feel that I was not included. Like I, like my mother had married someone of a different race and I was their child, but the Puerto Rican side, I always felt comfortable there. And for me, and I had to, I identified myself. So when I got a lot of that stuff, Oh, you're not authentic Puerto Rican. You're a fake Puerto Rican. It was so hurtful to me in the sense that, Hey, that's how I define myself. And like, I'm not only accepted in this realm, I'm also not accepted in this realm. And I wonder how can we fight back against that? And, and, and is there a solution to that in the minds of the people who feel quote unquote pure Puerto Rican or whatnot? Because what is Puerto Rican? It's a mixture of essentially uh, Spanish, Native American, quote unquote, sub-Saharan African. You know, there's German and French and all that stuff in there too, but uh, predominantly those f first three. So it, I don't know, it feels kind of hypocritical to me, I guess. I mean, I think the solution lies in future generations. Um, I'm thinking my sister, she's married to an Irish, German, white dude. So obviously their children are going to be, you know, half white, half Puerto Rican. And um, I don't think that's going to make them less Puerto Rican because I know my sister and I, we grew up very proud of our culture, um, you know, with the food, like I said, the, you know, the traditions and those things don't just get lost as soon as you leave the island. You know, my parents took that with them. So again, I think, now, I mean, I know I saw a news headline the other day talking about how there's going to be thousands of Puerto Ricans coming to the States um, post Maria. So I think, you know, in future generations, we're going to see new definitions of, you know, Puerto Rican and a Puerto Rican person um, that might challenge what we've dealt with in our own lives. So hopefully that'll be better for people who are in similar situations that feel this tension between the island and, you know, being an American and growing up here. Yeah, I think there should be... Uh, people should embrace interracial marriage, first of all, because I know I still, for some reason, know so many, even people that want to shout, you know, equality, equality. But if somebody marries a white woman, then automatically they're, they're not part of that race anymore. You know, like, don't, don't people want to mix like in a, in a more intimate level? with another race to where we have, cause America is all about being like a, 
just a big culture pot. We're all mixed with different things. So why not, you know, mix more, embrace more cultures. And it should be about like, if you love someone who gives a shit, what exactly. They are. No, I think that's beautiful. Cause, um, I know when Shara, like my sister, she's basically, you know, she's only dated like white men and she ended up marrying a white man. And I know some family were like, Oh, like, why hasn't she dated a Puerto Rican man? Like, first of all, like, we're, I don't know any other Puerto Ricans. And second of all, you know, like, why not? You know, and it's been great because he has his own background. And, you know, we've been able to combine them. His mom's from Germany. Um, so, you know, she makes us German food and, like, teaches us different traditions. And it's just great because we've merged our backgrounds. And it's created this, like, beautiful family relationship. And I think people need to be more accepting of that. And you would think that that would be more acceptable in 2018 but there's still a ways to go but hopefully you know the future is brighter in that aspect i wish people who were quote-unquote 100 percent puerto rican saw it as us making the puerto rican culture larger and making the umbrella contain more people versus us leaving it or our parents leaving it or whatnot and i think it is hurtful i think it does suck no, it is because I know my that's like a guilt that especially my mom has had to carry with her like her whole life um, just because she grew up there. And obviously family is huge in Puerto Rico. So the fact that they like left their entire family and it was literally just my mom, my dad and my sister who came that they were alone, you know, and so obviously that was not easy for them. And so um, but they did it and they ended up doing really well in the States. It's paid off. My sister and I got a great education. We've had great lives here. So and again, like I don't think leaving the island totally destroys your identity. You said something interesting before about defining what it means to be Puerto Rican. What is a Puerto Rican? What's the definition of being Puerto Rican? Well, I should say, what's the definition of being Puerto Rican? That's a tough one. (laughs) I want to say cultura, even though I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) Benil. (laughs) I'm ordering that tonight. Also. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, We'll talk about that later, but yeah, I haven't changed <laughs> the menu to make it more Puerto Rican for us. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's about passion. And people, so many people say this, and my dad and I were at this restaurant, Sofritos, where we're all going tonight, and they play the Puerto Rican music. And, um, you know, I'm, there I am, like, start dancing after <laughs> only one sangria, and I'm obviously sober. But my dad's like, look, you're Puerto Rican because the, the music is still speaking to you. <laughs> He's like, look at your mother. And she's like... You know, it was like, I clearly not like affected her. So I know that that's like some uh, comedic litmus test, of course. For me, you know, I, do I think the music is great? I'm not going to come on and uh, I'm not going to switch Bjork and put on, uh, you know, a Puerto Rican band, of course. Mm-hmm. But do I love being around it? Yes. Do I love hearing it? Yeah. Do I like hearing Spanish? Absolutely. But to me, it's also so much about the food. It's about just how passionate of a person you are. It's about remembering where you're from and remembering that your family came here, you know, uh, from this island and and came to the mainland United States or wherever else to make a better life for themselves and and their family. And that's pretty much my definition. So if you guys want to go. Yeah, the whole family thing, I think that's a big part of it because growing up, I always just because um, I couldn't speak Spanish, so I couldn't get close to my Puerto Rican side. I, you know, I kind of resented it a little and didn't want to get close, didn't want to talk to anybody. But from my mom's side, the white side, I was always close to them and they embraced me. But 
as I've gotten older, I'm closer to my, my Puerto Rican side because I see the differences and how they're, they're more welcoming. They're more about family than the white side. Like, obviously, I love both sides equally, but the fact that I don't have to reach out and and beg for something from the Puerto Rican side, unlike the other side where, you know, my mom is always fighting with them. And whenever I talk about that to my boyfriend's mom, who's 100 percent Puerto Rican, she she's always like, why? That's that's not OK. You know, sisters, because my mom's always arguing with her sisters and brothers. She's like, you know, siblings are supposed to be close even in, as they get older. And it's unheard of what my mom does, like constantly fighting with them. And it's, it's really sad. But. You know, I, I still love them, obviously. I, I don't hate them or anything, but... But it's different. Yeah, it's different. The emphasis on family feels yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with a huge family, you know, centric life. Um, my sister and I are really close, even though, you know, we're 10 years apart. Um, we're very, very close. And even though a lot of the family in Puerto Rico, I, I'm not necessarily, I haven't necessarily spent a lot of time with them. I still feel their love, which is like very interesting. I feel like a lot of people don't get that. And it's weird because like there's not much of a relationship there, but there's still something that ties us together. And it's that, you know, we're all family. And um, I think going off what you were saying earlier, Justin, I think the one like I think the pride, the Puerto Rican pride is kind of what ties all those aspects together from the food, the um, music, everything. Sometimes the pride can get a little bit, (laughs) you know, troubling um, certain times. But I mean, I always grew up really proud of, you know, eating rice and beans every night and, you know, having traditions. My family was super into New Year's. They still are. We'll play Puerto Rican music all night till midnight. You know, everyone's dancing, celebrating, eating, you know, food. And it's, it's a great time. And those are things I want to carry on, you know, and to my future children and my future family. So, um, does everyone know the story of how their family emigrated from Puerto Rico to either New York or Carolina or North Carolina? Sadly, nope. Yeah, my um, well, my parents they first moved to New Jersey with my little sister, and they didn't really have much. Um, and then they ended up moving to Florida and then North Carolina. It was a tough journey. Like my dad had to work like multiple jobs. My mom was going into um, nursing school, and she was pregnant with me. And you know, my sister was really young, and they had to live in a very small apartment in Durham, North Carolina. Um, but they didn't give up, and they ended up you know, giving us a great life. And so, um, it's a great, it's an inspiring story for me. Cause you know, as a young kid, I knew, but now as I get older, I understand their sacrifice cause they had to sacrifice their family essentially. Like I can imagine what that meant to a Puerto Rican, you know, like having to leave your family, but, um, they did it. And, you know, by doing so they gave us a great life. So. So for both of you, even though you might not know the story, do you have a pride in the fact that you did have family who left to come here to try to make a better life for us and themselves? I guess I'm more grateful because, I mean, obviously I wouldn't be here without it, but also because anybody that sacrifices and abandons one thing to embrace another, then, you know, they're automatically people that you should hold value to and respect. I I get that. I think about how scary it must have been, Yeah, you know, even though it was close and even though there was a lot of emigration at the time. So for me, my grandmother, that woman over there, (laughs) um, 
It's an interesting story. So actually, my grandmother was from one of the wealthiest families in Utuado, and she graduated from the University of Puerto Rico in 1938. I still have her ring, and it's like very important to me, her class Aww. ring. There she met my grandfather, and the Alba family it was in Puerto Rican government. And as you know, getting buried in El Moro is really uh, difficult, and it's for more, I guess, for higher class people. Again, this is not my, it's not like, <laughs> what's his name? But again, this is not my, this happened way before me. Yeah. So their family was in government. He worked for a bank. They had a lot of money. My dad said, you know, he remembers a, house, a really huge house, like lots of um, uh, servants, all that, that kind of crazy stuff. Such a weird word. Um, and it feels so uncomfortable to say it. <laughs> anyway, so my grandfather uh, was sick. He died when he was 29. He had polycystic kidney disease. And about three or four days before he died, my grandmother had a nervous breakdown. And she took her two sons. And she never talked to his family again, never talked to her family again. And they moved here and they moved um, with some of her family who was already here. So she did talk to them and she lived with five or six people, like I said, in a studio apartment about this big. And she was so distraught from everything. She gave up her life completely. She never remarried. Um, so she was 28 when she divorced and she moved right here to 144th and Broadway. She thought it was dangerous. She felt like there was a lot of people who were doing drugs and she was nervous about my father and his older brother kind of getting involved in that. So she got a job. It, she got a job as a secretary for someone who had a college degree at the time, which is quite a step down. And she worked her butt off and she lived in a studio apartment again by herself and she paid for them to go to catholic school boarding school upstate and my father is so resentful of that because you know these like nuns kicked his ass and everyone was white and he just wasn't having like a great time he eventually was like class president and like super popular and shit so i'm like chill dad i'm um, like <laughs> want to talk about high school horror stories i'm like i think i got you beat but you know he resents her a lot for that so for me i always think of my grandmother who just like gave up everything gave up this life as sort of a person who had money to start over as someone without money to give my father a certain life and his brother who you know in turn gave me this life and that's why i kind of feel super grateful about it it's a great story Thank it's like kind of sad but it's like it she paved the way yeah. you know, for her future. It all worked out in the end. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, speaking of bad neighborhoods, <laughs> when my dad was little, I think when he was like seven, my grandfather, he um, he had a problem with one of the neighbors and the neighbors tried to confront him. And I, I assume my grandfather was just, you know, he was not having it. He wasn't dealing with their shit whatever it was. I, I don't know what happened, but one night the neighbors are like, okay, come down downstairs and, you know, let's talk. Little did they know that they were, those neighbors got a whole bunch of people to jump my grandfather and my dad, who was just seven at the time, he's, you know, he's a, a mess. And, um, his, his older brother, he was outside with my grandfather and my grandfather's like, you know, trying to, you know, push him back and like defend him. I think he used like a garbage can lid or something to get them away. My dad was just obviously he was just he was terrified. And uh, his oldest, the oldest sibling, his oldest sister, she was trying to go downstairs. And OK, so back in the day, <laughs> uh, swords was a big thing in the hood and every I guess every Hispanic had a sword that they they would threaten people with. She was going to bring my grandfather his sword to fight downstairs. And my dad was standing in the way. He's like, no, 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 don't do it. Like standing in the doorway, like all dramatic and stuff. She's holding up a, a 
sword to bring to <laughs> to this fight. So eventually they they get they disperse or whatever, they disappear into the night, but my grandfather knew a Puerto Rican biker gang and they were they were legit like they were no joke. They they come one night, they have like it's like a SWAT. The loads and loads of bikers just storm the the apartments and they're banging on every door, threatening people. And then they go to the neighbor's door and they start like breaking the windows. They start like, you know, trying to open the door and they're they're like, we're going to fucking kill you. Get the fuck out of here. Like they were they were really going to kill them. And my grandfather, he I, he just watched. But then after they did that and they saw that the neighbors, you know, obviously they're not going to come outside. When they saw that, they asked my grandfather, can you leave the apartment? We're going to burn it down. They planned to burn the apartment down. And I don't know how they were going to cover it up, but they were going to spare, obviously, my grandfather. But there was obviously civilians there that were going to die, too. And my grandfather, of course, he didn't want to leave and. That, that's just that's an entirely different extreme that he didn't want to go to. So he's like, no, 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 no. And then they left, too. And, you know, the neighbors never appeared again. Who knows whatever happened to them? That's that Puerto Rican passion I was talking about earlier. <laughs> it's, it's a dangerous thing. That is, that is crazy. I was not expecting that. My favorite part of that was the swords, though. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. I think we need to bring that we should back. get some swords. <laughs> they always, um, my dad always went to Chinatown. You know, they, they, my dad loves Kung Fu movies. They, they love that. Like my Puerto Rican side. They, they love the tell, whole. Tell my tale what your dad was going to name you if you were a boy. Oh yeah. My dad, everybody thought I was going to be a boy. They were going to name me Charles Xavier. What? <laughs> Her dad loves X-Men comics. Oh, that's amazing. He's a huge nerd. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I love that. Can we talk about the food for a second? Because there's yes. some food that's yes. so distinctly Puerto Rican and so delicious. Mm. And we're going to eat some tonight at Sofrito's. And I hope everyone listening to this goes there in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Is flan distinctly Puerto Rican? Probably not, right? But it's my favorite. A flan, I, it still counts. I fucking love flan. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Mafungo for me. Mafungo. Um... Mm. Oh my god! Oh wait, sorojitos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I love sorojitos. My um, grandfather, uh, my dad's dad, he would always make it, and basically it's um, like fried cornmeal with. He would put Velveeta cheese inside, so you just mm. like it was sweet and salty, and it was just amazing. But mofongo is also amazing. And we should say mofongo is is it in the Puerto Rican version? It's sweet plantains, mm -hmm. kind of fried and mashed, and uh, there's some kind of awesome sauce on it. My mom makes it like super garlicky. Oh, I love that. So that it's really good. And we should explain flan for those who don't know. Oh yeah. Oh, it's like a it's like a pudding cake. Like it's it's hard to describe. A little gelatinous. Flan. Yeah, it's very gelatinous, yeah. but it's also like if you get it like a like a real flan, like it's liquidy. You know, it's got all the juices on it. Uh, also the seafood's great my dad makes a really good red snapper oh yeah um, absolutely and he'll, he'll actually make soup sometimes with like the fish head in it which is kind of creepy but he <laughs> likes it that and happens. you know it, it's, it has the eyes sticking out the most Puerto Rican food ever if you had to guess what would you say it is it's so simple are you gonna say rice and beans of course oh <laughs> I remember like first going to college and I went to my dining hall and I'm just like, where, where are the rice and the beans? Like that's the side dish. And I had to get used to that. 
I've always been a picky eater, but ever since I hit adulthood, now I I can't get enough of it. Like I I can eat rice and beans and you know, funny enough, uh, the fact that I'm like split between white and Hispanic, that means our food dishes are split too. So we usually have like fried plantains, but with like spaghetti and meatballs. Like it's so good. <laughs> and it goes together so good, surprisingly. That actually sounds really delicious. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That's the beauty of like mixed households. Mm-hmm. You have new innovations, new food, like new dishes. Yeah. Like when you dip it in the sauce, it, oh, it's wow. magic. Oh, I love it. <laughs> People always ask me and make sometimes very rude comments, as Sam knows, about the state of Puerto Rico in terms of its statehood to the United States, in terms of it leaving uh, and becoming independent, in terms of it remaining a commonwealth. I sometimes find that people can be very aggressive when discussing this with me, uh, very similar to how when I went to Europe during the Bush administration and people and I was like, hey, I agree with you guys. I'm here. Like, I don't work for the secretary of state and nor do I represent the government of the United States of America. Like my family just emigrated there, like, you know, uh, and I'm here. So, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but I, you know, I, I find people make like these sweeping generalizations and I get really defensive because the reality is a bunch of Puerto Rican people feel really differently because just cause we're all Puerto Rican doesn't mean we all think the same way. And I think if there's something I want people listening to this podcast to get is there's three Puerto Rican people right here and listen to how different our experiences are and how we, you know, define these things to ourselves and our culture. And um, so I don't know that that upsets me, but do you guys ever have that feeling too? Or, or what do you say when people bring up statehood and all that stuff? What do you mean by statehood? Just uh, Puerto Rico, either becoming a state, remaining a Commonwealth oh. or uh, becoming independent. Well, this this is kind of going a little bit off topic, but I kind of, I get annoyed in general. People like act like they know more than they actually do. Um, particularly after the hurricane happened, suddenly like everyone was changing their profile pictures to like, you know, we're with Puerto Rico. And they're like, you know, saying all these things about the Island. And I'm just like, you've never once, like mm-hmm. you probably haven't even gone there. You probably like didn't even know where it was. I haven't even thought about yeah. it. You probably exactly. didn't even know it was in America. Exactly. So it, it is annoying when people, like put their input into something Mm -hmm. and their opinion and they act so aggressively about it when they really don't know anything about it. You know, I had a lot of people ask how my family was doing after the hurricane and I would tell them, and I'm like, obviously they're not doing well, you know, they're like, Oh, like, are they okay? I'm like, they don't have power, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it is irritating when people make sweeping assumptions or, you know, act like they know more than what they do. And they don't, they're kind of like ignorant about the whole island and the culture and et cetera. Yeah. Unless you've lived in Puerto Rico and you're educated, you have zero right to say anything. I couldn't agree with you more. (laughs) As as you know, personally. Yeah. How were your families affected by the hurricane? I'm not sure about mine because I'm not, most of mine passed away. uh, That's in Puerto Rico. So um, I'm not familiar with my family that's there right now. But what about, what about you two? Uh, My half brother, uh, Pito, he... Uh, my family reached out to him before the hurricane, and he said uh, he was in a he was in a okay spot. And when the hurricane did hit, he was he was okay. My uncle's wife, um, she her father, he uh, when the hurricane was about to hit, he was he wasn't doing so good, and he was trying to board up the house. And then all of a sudden, you know, his nose started bleeding, and right then and there, he died of a heart attack. And that was just from the scare of the hurricane. You know, the and afterwards, um, there was the whole thing of how are we going to handle funeral arrangements 
during a hurricane. Obviously, you can't bury anybody. Everything's, you know, soaked and there's there's pools everywhere. And and she couldn't even go out to see her father until way later. That is incredibly heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes me sad because like those type of stories don't get any recognition. And I mean, you look at the news and how quickly they moved on from the crisis. And I was reading an article the other day about how the mental health uh, crisis and the suicide hotlines are escalating. You know, the calls to the suicide hotlines are escalating because people, I mean, this they got hit and then, you know, it got coverage and then now it's over. And now they're left for defend for themselves. I mean, my my cousins, um, they just got power a few weeks ago. I mean, they were months without power, you know, and my family tried to send them things, but it took forever to get there. And also they weren't even sure if they were going to get to them. Like people are desperate. They're going to, you know, someone may have stolen it, you know, and you can't blame them. Like they don't have anything right now. So it's upsetting to see how quickly people forget. And the ironic part is like Puerto Rico is a Commonwealth of America, like whether or not you know much about the island, it's still part of the country in some capacity. And for those who don't know, Puerto Rico became part of America in 1898 at the end of the Spanish-American War. Uh, Puerto Rico was a Spanish colony before that. It was called Boricin, which is how we got the name Boricua uh, by the Taino Native Americans who lived there. And I, I think that's something that people also have to consider. But if we also, for the people listening to this, I want them to think about no power for a month. Like months, multiple months. Multiple yeah. months. Yeah. And, there's, and that's just my family. They got power back. There's still plenty of people who don't have it and people mm -hmm. who've had their homes destroyed. One of my uncles, they, his house was completely wiped out and they found him like floating in the water. And I mean, thankfully he survived. But again, like a lot of people didn't and we don't know. There's a lot of stories, a lot of people like we don't we don't know how they're doing. So it's it's really tragic. And your family is moving here now because of the hurricane, right? I mean, my aunt, yeah, my aunt moved in November. Thankfully, my mom, like our house has many empty rooms because my mom, my sister and I are gone out of the house. So thankfully, she had a home to come home to. But a lot of people are just winging it and they're going to random hotels, motels across the country and they don't know where they're going. You know, they don't have family here. So um, it's sad to see that. It is sad. What's one thing that you want people listening to this to understand about what it means to be Puerto Rican or about Puerto Rico that they might not have understood when they started listening to this? Well, for starters, you don't have to be a hundred percent Puerto Rican <laughs> to be Puerto Rican. <laughs> That's for sure. Except us. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just want people to acknowledge this rich culture. I feel like it's often overlooked. Mm-hmm despite the fact that it's right below Florida, you know, it's so close and it's so rich, has such a rich history. Um, and it's part of America. Exactly. It's part of America. You don't need a passport to go We're there. American citizens. Exactly. Um, exactly. I think I want people to just be aware of it and also be aware of the people and what's going on and not ignore it. Most importantly. So, we have to close up, but um, I got to, again, say all the website BS, like find us on comicsverse.com <laughs> and all that. But it feels kind of like awesomely solemn right now that we're having this discussion. But mm -hmm. I, I really wanted to leave it with this. And I think I've told you both this independently. 
So we were at Wizard World Philadelphia in 2016. We interviewed a Puerto Rican artist, and I forgot his name, and he was so awesome. Um, he saw me in my comics for a shirt, smoking a cigarette outside, and came up to me. And we had a whole conversation about being Puerto Rican. He didn't know I was, but he didn't judge me once I told him. And he's like, oh, I probably sound, his accent was so thick. He was like, I probably sound like all your cousins and aunts and uncles. <laughs> I'm like, totally. And I said, you know, I'm like, I, ha I struggle a lot because I'm always trying to find how I can be more connected to my culture, how I can be more connected to the island, how I can be more connected to feeling Puerto Rican, because that is a safe place for me to feel and a place where I've gotten nourishment from delving into, I guess. And he said something to me that was so profound that stayed with me forever. And I used to feel a lot like how you feel, Sam, and I still do a lot. But what he said to me really changed me. And he said, you are the culture. He's like, this is it now. Wow. This is what everything you do is the culture now. This is what we've become. And you should be proud of that. And you should be proud of continuing that. And that was so powerful for me because until then, I felt disconnected. Until then, I felt not accepted anywhere. And it allowed me to say, hey, you're Puerto Rican. You don't think I am? Well, f you. I am Puerto Rican. <laughs> and I might be New Yorkian, and then I'm also that too, you know? But it doesn't make me any less Puerto Rican, so. I agree. That's, that's really, wow. Like, I never really thought of it that way, just because when I think of my culture, I just think of, you know, this gluttonous American culture and whatnot. But, you know, the older I get, the more I'm growing and learning. And I think that aspect of it, the knowledgeable and experienced aspect of it, that's the culture that you want to pass down. Yeah, I think that sums up everything we've been trying to say, how our differences and even amongst ourselves, our differences in growing up and the way we've perceived our culture, it doesn't make us any less Puerto Rican. You know, just because we've had different experiences, doesn't make us any less cultured. Um, so I think that was a beautiful way to, you know, put us at ease in a way, you know? Thank you. And thank you guys so much for doing this. You know, I've wanted to do it since last year, since yeah. 2017. <laughs> so we finally got to do it. And in person too. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time.